This is Monster of the Week. I'm Doug. It's with Chris and Jeremy. And I'm the other Doug. Sam's got kicks and the angels got on. Dean? Sam? Is this a hospital? Wait, am I in heaven? Rest in peace, break home. is monster of the week the creepy but necessary podcast where doug and i are covering every single episode of the tv show supernatural one by one it used to be three by one and then two by one now we're down to one by one and chris this is the first time we've recorded since uh, the supernatural community got some bad news yeah man um it's it's super weird to to realize that supernatural is now has a, a, an ending on the horizon yeah season 15 will be the last season of supernatural um and i i, I, I really do hope that i've seen some people say that like they want to see a supernatural movie i'm not sure that i'd be really on board with that like i don't know how that would work too well like supernatural really excels in its kind of long lingering plot lines as much as i complain that the episodes that the season shouldn't be 22 episodes. I don't know necessarily that I want the kind of like season arc crammed into a 120 minute movie. So I'm not sure right. that, but I, I right. kind of hope that CW that, that, uh, <laughs> that Carl Ward, uh, the guy that runs CW, I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, Carl Ward, I hope he kind of keeps the supernatural like spirit alive and continues to yeah. um, like do something with the, with the franchise. For sure. It's it's weird to uh it's re- weird to think about an ending. I don't think I'm necessarily sad. It's a very bittersweet thing to realize that like, this show. I mean, we're not caught up on it, so it's not exactly the same for us. We've both been watching this show for like what ten years at this point. I, I have been watching it since it aired. I was I was there day one. Yeah, or right. actually, I guess so day, day two years because, for you. because I downloaded the episode and watched it Friday yeah. night or whatever <laughs> this next night was. So. Yeah. Um. So it's. It's weird, but at the same time, it's like, I'm excited to have an ending, you know? It's not, I don't, I don't, necess- I don't want it to end, but I, I don't need the things I like to go on forever. It's nice to be able to, to like, put a pin in something. You don't want it to extend forever, because then it's just like, it, it, inevitably, it's going to suck, and you're never going to get any real resolution. Um, and I'm not saying that that would happen with Supernatural, but... Well, I think... Any, and I'm not saying that I'm happy it's over, but but it's, you know, it's it's strange. I, I, I like endings, right? Like, I mean, that's a... Same. I don't necessarily have to have a good ending. Like, I was a Stephen King fan for many, many years. I still am. And, like, most of his endings are garbage. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you don't have to have a good ending to enjoy a story. Um, but I'm very excited for the crew and the writers and the actors to be able to craft an ending to the series. Because I think that's important. Like, regardless of whether or not it ends up amazing and epic or terrible and bad and the fans hate it or whatever it is, like, the opportunity to actually be able to say, okay, this is the ending, like, get after it, I think is a, is, is rare in the entertainment business where, you know, you look at movies with, that almost always end with cliffhangers nowadays or some sort of post credit mm-hmm, sequence mm-hmm. Or, or something like TV shows. Um, I watched. I watched this stupid X-Men show called The Gifted. It had two seasons. It's more than likely getting canceled because of all this Disney bullshit. And the end of the second season is a huge cliffhanger and like opens up like the potential for this great stuff that will never, ever be done. So, yay. Good for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, to, to me, like that, the idea of um, like the writers being able to come up with an ending for these boys, um, I think is, is very, very exciting. 
Yeah, and um, I can't wait to, to find out what it is. Chris, let me. I just. I, I, what, I didn't prepare you for this, but give me your your three to five minutes on how you think Supernatural should end. Keep it in mind that we're in season nine, and we haven't watched anything past season nine. What's your, what's your ideal I, situation with the boys at the end of season fifteen? I can't say that I want them to die. Of course, I want the show to have a happy ending. I just don't think it will. Um, or not happy in, in the in the way that people think. But I feel like this show has to end with both Sam and Dean together dying. Um, not that I'd want them to be like, we're going to sacrifice ourselves to save the world, but it sort of feels like that's all that's left for them. Um, not one sacrificing themselves for the other, but both together saying, we are going to do this together. Um, we're going to stop the bad thing. Um, but I don't know. I don't know where they're at. So I don't know if it's just like, yeah, maybe they'll just finally be chill. Maybe they'll stop all the monsters from, from existing. Yeah. Or um, maybe they'll close the gates of hell. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> yeah. Um, Doesn't or maybe like one <laughs> one will become God and one will become the devil. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> anything could happen. Well, anything could happen. But I feel... Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like it'd be weird for them to make it out alive. But like, ideally, I'd love for them to just like retire from hunting and have it be cool but it's not gonna happen i am i I don't like i I, i'm I'm with you like i don't think that um have have you ever seen the ending of six feet under the hbo show uh no okay so um that that show did a, a really clever ending sequence that like i will tear up about just just thinking um, just, just like even mentioning it, I'm like, well, I got to, got to calm down, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> but they did this thing where they kind of projected into the future and they showed you the characters. And I'm, I'm going to be light on spoilers for this 10 year old TV show at this point. But uh, they, they showed you the various characters at various stages in their lives after the moment that the show ended. So you, you get this, this story that completes and then you have an idea of the rest of these characters' lives. And I, I would like to see something like that. Like, I would, I'm not talking about necessarily like an epilogue. Like, I don't, we've joked before that, like, you know, Dean with the kid and his name is Bobby Joe Winchester or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's Harry Potter on the, on the platform. Exactly. Like, I don't necessarily want that, but I'd, I'd love to see, and not only that, but like to see the trials and tribulations that they go through after whatever the events of season 15 are. Um, but I, I, I kind of think that they, the writers are not going to be able to resist killing one of them because it's the end. Mm -hmm. And I, but I also don't think that they will corrupt either one of these boys. Like, I feel like if, if either one of them or both of them die, it's going to be in the service of something unconditionally good and permanent. Uh, and then if whoever survives is going to be content enough to know that they can't bring that other one back, like they've, they've got it. They've got to close that. I think at the end of the series, like if they, they leave it with any kind of like well maybe i'll be like super pissed like i want them to to t- right. tie the knot put a bow on it and then set us up for the wayward sisters so we can we can get out of here we can we can do it yeah i could um and what you were saying about like getting you know a flash forward being able to see different things in the future i think that that's something that we could potentially have and have it work thematically because it's something that we've been with for 15 years so it's not like we're just like randomly showing 15 years in the future. It's like, well, no, we've been with them this long. So in in some respects, like we deserve to uh, get to see them all the way to the end. Even exactly. It's like them and, yeah. and old people make up, you know, like. Um, and that's what I'm, and, I'm and that's literally that what Six Feet Under did. Right. Like they and they did some yeah. really clever things with that of like implying um, like one character, like looking at something that was 
reminding her about the way that some another character either died or didn't die or whatever. Like they could do clever things with that, I think, to give you a sense of satisfaction and more importantly, a sense of closure. I don't think that they'll do that though, because I have a sneaking suspicion that they want to do they want to continue to do something with the supernatural franchise. And that they'll mm-hmm. so if, and if they do something as um concrete as a flash forward, like they won't be able to play with anything in the future. So Right, yeah. right. Uh, I want them to drive the fucking Impala into hell while listening to ACDC. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm into that. Okay. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> Sam on the hood, Castiel on the passenger side. Let's get, let's get it done, yeah. man. <laughs> um, listeners, thank you for, for bearing with us. I thought we needed to talk a little bit about that before we, uh, before we get into the main part of the episode. Uh, and before we do that, Quick thank you to everybody at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, they contribute a couple of bucks a month and get cool stuff like episodes early, uh, exclusive episodes from the Monster of the Week's Presents collection, all that stuff. And also, Chris, we have a new podcast we need to talk about real quick before we actually start talking about Supernatural. Yeah, we have a, we have a, we have a new podcast. We do. Uh, we It's called Thinking Face. It's available to everybody. There's no Patreon or anything like that, obviously. Hopefully people will find the show and, and support us on the normal Patreon, but uh, it's just a it's a it's a three times a week podcast where Chris and I are going to discuss every single individual emoji. And if that sounds insane, you should actually listen to the episodes because they're real mm-hmm. insane. They're so weird. This is not a joke. It's not a joke. <laughs> this is not a trick. Not a drill. Um, this, is, this is this is, this is real. a real thing. The um we're we're doing about. Anywhere from three to, to seven minutes, so that they're not a long, it's not a long show. Like we're not going to talk about an emoji for thirty minutes. Or we're not anything. taking deep dives on, no, on um, emojis. Well, in a way, we are. But. <laughs> Some ways, we are going a little too deep. We're obviously talking about emoji for any length of time is is probably too much to be honest yeah. with you. Um, but you can find that at thinkingface cool. If um, this comes out on Thursday, so it should be on iTunes and everything. You should just be able to type in Thinking Face and go right to it. Um, if not, the website is thinkingface cool, and you can copy the RSS feed from there. Um. Yeah. Do you want to get into some supernatural? Yeah. Let's do it. What's been uh, What's been happening in season nine, Patna? Well, you know, I was I was maybe I was hoping that you'd forget about uh, the road so far because uh, I forgot about the road so far. Perfect. But let me let me do you let to... me do my best. Okay. To there's not there's not gonna be any jokes. There's not gonna be anything funny here. But this this has been a pretty jam packed season because we've started with uh, Abaddon coming back. We've started with Sam being possessed by an angel. Uh, we've Kevin dying. Metatron's goofing around. Um, and, and Garth is MIA. So there's, there's been a lot happening. Angels are at war. Sam and Dean have broken up. Uh, and while Sam and Castiel were teaming up to try to hunt down Gadriel in any way, shape, or form that they could, Dean, uh, in his, in his anger at himself and at the death of Kevin, Dean has teamed up with Crowley, and that led him to none other than Cain from Cain and Abel, you know, like the first murderer, that fucking guy. Um, wherein he was given the Mark of Cain, which will allow him to wield what is called the First Blade, which will give him the strength to kill Abaddon. But it's supernatural, so I think that we already know uh, this is going to come at a pretty heavy cost to Dean. <laughs> Almost definitely. I mean, like, it, it, like Dean was like, or Cain was like, "Hey, do you want to do you do you want this thing?" There's a lot of Dean just like, "Yes, yes, give it to me." Don't I'm not worried about the <laughs> cholesterol. Be damned. Give me your mark. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're covering season nine. That can't be right. I have episode two in my notes. That's not right. It's 12. 12. That's <laughs> what I did there. Okay. Season nine, episode 12. It's called Sharp Teeth. Garth returns after finding out that Garth is in the hospital. Sam and Dean go to check on him. 
That's it, guys. That's the, No, I'm kidding. That's it. Still carrying the guilt over Kevin, Dean lays into Garth about disappearing and demands to know where he's been. Garth makes an excuse and then hightails it away from the guys. From the guys. <laughs> if you're not Supernatural, Car Ward, the guy that runs Super, that run, run CW, if he's not, if he doesn't call, make these people say the boys before season 10, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to write a letter. It's ridiculous. Confused as to why Garth would run for them. Sam and Dean do some investigating and are stunned by what they I, find. I'm not confused as to why he would run. Dean came into his hospital room and was immediately guilt tripping him. Well, and also, <laughs> Dean came into his hospital room and immediately wanted to stab him with an adrenaline syringe. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Dean is not um, the, not a good friend to have in an emergency. Um, so I we kind of like this episode. <laughs> I kind of like this episode, too. It's it's a weird one because we just had this huge, lore-heavy, like, dump of an episode. Uh, and I don't mean, like, the episode was bad. Like, I think, Chris and I, you were you and I both have their problems with the presentation of some of that right, stuff. Right, But I think oh, the overall so content I, is good. Yeah, I just said this in the Discord, but for everybody else, I feel like when it comes to okay episodes, we are very critical of them because they're almost good but mm-hmm. when it comes to like a bad episode we're like whatever we'll just make jokes about nuts yeah um so i think it's sometimes people are just confused as to why we're so hard on episodes that are like seemingly fine and that's because those are the ones that are worth picking apart and digging into and finding out why we don't like them but a bad episode is just like whatever who gives a shit it's a bad episode sure but the ones that are you know middling in the middle those are those are the ones that we really need to, to pull apart and that's just kind of how it is and there's also something to be said for uh just something not necessarily mediocre but just something okay and that's what this episode really feels like yeah. this is an okay episode it's elevated by the by dj qualls playing garth because um garth's whole thing i think is very funny in this universe like his interactions with sam and dean are always very very good um i i i do think some of it's pretty hammy and pretty cheesy in places but i can't really oh, fault it for that like it's a it's kind of a dumb story and like there's some acting at the end that i think is atrocious but I, I mean, it's it is what it is on the tin, right? Like, I mean, it's it's uh-huh. it's, it's a werewolf story with a weird religious with like twist to it, and I kind of I kind of just dig it on its own terms. Like, if this was yeah. a Twilight Zone episode, right? Like, you kind of be into it, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it also actually helps to illustrate some things that I felt the last episode was lacking. But why don't we get into it? Sure. This cold open. It's it's a pretty quick one. We see, uh, I cattle freaking out and then a farmer immediately like unloading on the person who's bothering his cattle uh that <laughs> was very alarming farm boy <laughs> yeah um and so we see you know this person being shot at and they're running away into the woods we don't really know what they were doing and but my then they run out to the i wrote that it was a garth shaped individual <laughs> a garth shaped individual <laughs> that's accurate so this garth shaped individual runs out into the street and gets hit by a car uh and it turns out that it actually was garth so we don't know you know what's going on um and then we go over to the hospital uh where sam has shown up in his full fbi gear and he's asking the front desk uh if there's if he can try to see a john doe and describes garth as an ichabod crane looking guy and she's like i know exactly who you mean i'm I'm right there with you he does look like ichabod crane you're right um uh, so sam walks into the hospital room and finds dean there almost ready to stab like i mentioned garth with this giant needle uh, yeah, and of course, Dean Sam- in his like his denim shirt with yeah. his fucking needle out, like <laughs> freezes when Sam sees him. Uh. How, did, how did Dean like? Is Dean like Will Graham from Hannibal? Like, is he just casual, like kind of not FBI, but sort of FBI? Is that what he's doing? I feel like he must have just been like, "Hey, I'm looking for a friend," and and that was it. Where Sam came from, the other approach of "I'm not a family member, I'm an FBI agent." Sure. Um, I guess I guess both can work. I mean, Dean's handsome, so he can get away with the hell whatever he wants. He can literally um, get away with anything with that with that mug. Um, 
We obviously, Sam and Dean haven't seen each other since the end of the last episode. <laughs> There's a long, uncomfortable silence over uh, Garth's unconscious form. <laughs> I kind of dig this. Like, this, this awkward say. moment, it just, they, they kind of let you live in it a little bit. And I, uh-huh. I, I like, me and you talk about this a lot. Like, when you're going to have brother drama, I want it done right. And having them, uh, like, go through this awkwardness and this weirdness, I think, is really good. Um, and yeah, the scene is, it's, you know, they're not angry at each other. They're not pissed. They're like, oh, hi. Um, it's like, it's like writing into your ex. Like, that's what this scene is. Um, but Garth is, he's still unconscious, but they realize that he's handcuffed to the bed. Um, and that's because he's being charged with killing a cow, um, which is weird as hell. It is. It is weird as hell. Dean also like gives Sam an out. He's like, you know, I'm here. I'll, I'll take care of this. You don't have to be here. But of course, Sam's like, ah, Garth is our friend. Like, and he's been, and yeah, he's I got the whole suit on. I yeah. did the thing. I no, styled um, my hair. It takes me like 45 minutes to do this. <laughs> it takes me a while. Uh, uh, Dean. So Dean just wants to like shoot him up with, with adrenaline. And cause he, you know, he says he wants answers and he wants to know why he walked out on Kevin. And walked out on them. And he's like, you got a better idea, Sam? To, like, you know, eject him with adrenaline. And Sam just fucking smacks Garth in the face. It's really hilarious. Like, he just leans over, and not even, like, a open, like, a backhand slap across the face. Like, a pop. He hits him he, hard. And Garth, like, just sits straight up, and he's like, Dean, Sam, is this a hospital? Am I in heaven? And I'm like, Garth, what does your heaven look like, my dog? Like, what is, yeah. Please tell me you have more <laughs> going on than Dean and Sam. <laughs> Which is very funny. Um, but he says that he was on a hunt, but he doesn't really remember anything else that's going on. And then he just throws up and he, Sam uh, undoes his handcuffs and then Garth's able to run into the bathroom, and throw up. Um, so Chris, I want, I want to stop this right here. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I feel like, and I don't, I don't care about this, right? Cause the rest of this episode is, is what, is what it is. But I feel like this, this whole scene, like the reason that they find Garth contradicts everything we're going to find out about Garth at the rest of this episode. Um. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. And we'll, we'll probably get into that in, in our in our wrap up. Yes. It doesn't. Make, it correct. doesn't. Like if you think about it, what like where he's coming from and what he's we're going to find out, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that he's in the cow yeah. field. There's no reason for him to be out there. I didn't even really think of that. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, it's fine. Like it's just a setup for so we can get our boys together. But uh, anyway, uh, Garth immediately starts throwing up. Uh, we we kind of we do a cut and we come back and Dean and Sam are awkwardly chatting with like sounds of retching coming from the bathroom uh, and they start like catching each other up. So Sam tells uh, Dean about the Gadriel uh, Grace um, and that Castiel fixes it and he sees the mark on Dean's arm and asks him about that. So- <laughs> I love that uh, Dean Dean replies. So Sam tells him that he goes, "I'm gone for two weeks and you're like an episode of Teen Mom." Um- <laughs> <laughs> Dean says that the mark on his arm is is from uh, Kane, and Sam goes the wrestler, and he's like, "No wish, I wish that would be great." And I'm like, "Who? That'd be fucking tight, bro." But like, no, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't. Is there like a popular wrestler named Kane? I'm, ch- I'm so checked yeah, out of wrestling yeah, nowadays. I have yeah. no fucking clue. I don't. I don't know wrestling either, but I do know that Kane is a wrestler. Um, and so I, I was really surprised here because Dean just tells the whole truth because he's got nothing to lose. So he's like, "Yeah, I worked with Crowley, and now I have this fucking mark on my arm." Um, I mean, he doesn't obviously tell him like everything, but you know, he, he gives him the details. Sam is like, holy shit, you're working with Crowley. But his response is, you know, the devil, you know, so, you know, I might as well just team up with that guy because he can still get me where I'm going because um, they want to he wants to kill Abaddon. Um, and it's at this point where they realize that um, the throwing up has stopped and Garth has escaped. And they chase after him out of the hospital in the parking lot. They find a hospital gown. 
and um, they kind of just assumed that there was a car there because there's no longer a car there where the hospital gown is. Uh, they they notice cameras that are watching the place, so they split up. Dean's going to go get the camera footage. Sam's going to go talk to the farmer, um, who tells him that it wasn't just the cow that's been mutilated. It was also chickens and goats, and their organs had been removed. Uh, yeah, and, and this so, keeps happening. And it just keeps happening, so he was definitely a shoot-first-ask-questions-later shoot kind of mood. Uh, it's it's kind of strange. I don't know. Like this is a weird amount of detail for a supernatural episode. Like during the cold open, you see Garth like jump over this um, fence, and the, the 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 farmer shoots it. And like during the scene, he's like repairing his fence like real carefully. And I'm like, this is <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing here? Like, who's y'all went for that extra detail? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, like this took this took effort. Like you had to go find a fence and tear up like a plank off of it so you could go fix yeah. it again. Someone insisted that this scene be included. Um, but yeah, so you know, now I'm wondering if maybe Garth was being sent out to gather the things that they need. I don't know. Um, I feel like, I mean, I, like, it feels like this family could just buy that shit, though, right? Like, if I wanted, if I, I wanted some, it, if I wanted some organs, I could just go buy some fucking organs at the store. Like, it's not complicated. Yeah, it's a setup that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, um, Sam calls Dean, and uh, Dean is looking at the the camera footage which clearly shows it's a hilarious series of photos, but clearly shows uh, Garth freaking out in the parking lot and getting in his car shows the license plate number, everything. Um, but on the phone with Sam, he says that he didn't find anything that they're just going to have to lose him. And I guess this just turned it out, turned out the wrong way. And as he's saying this, Sam rounds the corner and is standing directly in front of Dean and having yeah, caught, just... caught into a lie <laughs> once again. He's like, you, it's like almost like he already knew he was lying before it even happened. Yeah. Uh, he just he plucks the thing right out of Dean's hand. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, why, what the hell? Like, I'm working this case too. Stop. So is this just Dean trying to get rid of Sam? Like, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he just doesn't. It's just too awkward for him and he doesn't want to deal with him. Um, which is, is that, weird. Is that what because it is? Like, like is, this, is this just a moment of like, I, I don't know how to be around you right now because I don't know how you are with me and I don't know how I am with you. So I, I just want to exit. Because it's Sam who is mad at Dean and not the other way around. So it's weird that, you know, it's not weird, but it's interesting that Dean so badly, like, wants to get rid of Sam. But I think that that's, they're trying to lean into, um, new Dean that, that we're going to get a little bit more of the Dean who, like season two, hanging out with Gordon Dean, who's like, I just want to kill everything and I don't care. Um, so he knows that maybe this hasn't really come to the forefront yet. But if the mark of Cain is starting to affect him and he he knows that Sam is almost like his conscience in a way with some of these things, Sam might not want to deal with things as effectively and efficiently as Dean wants to, i.e. he doesn't want to kill everything. So um, w- this is only a small shade of that. So it's kind of hard to infer why exactly Dean wants him gone. But that's that's probably why. That, that makes good sense. I, c- I could definitely see that. Um, they they run the plates because that's that's what they do. <laughs> Right, that's what I mean. That's just what they do. Yeah, uh, they find out that it's registered to a girl, and they track uh, track her down to this apartment, um, which also doesn't make sense because I thought she was living with her mom and dad, which we're going to meet here in a few minutes. But w- whatever, this I don't does know. not matter. Um, so they they burst into this apartment, guns out, like oh, yeah. commando style. They, they catch Garth like packing up a bag, looking like he's trying to get out of town again. That doesn't make any sense. I just, I'm just now realizing. If I keep saying that, like I, I didn't realize this during the episode. It's only yeah. during what I'm talking about. Like, where are they running? Like, they just, yeah. they live here. <laughs> she lives at her mom and dad's. What, what is happening? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, His Garth's motivations don't don't check out, but whatever. So yeah, they. They burst in, and Garth is immediately trying to calm the situation down. Uh, they they clear the place, 
uh, and th- they can't find the girl. They think something weird is going on, and then all of a sudden, out of the closet jumps a werewolf. And, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Um. But he he's like, no, best don't do it. They're my friends. <laughs> um. And yeah, it turns out that uh, turns out Dar- Garth's dating a werewolf. And not only dating a werewolf, but he is also a werewolf. Bum, bum, um, bum. So we we take a brief break. We come back, and they're all sitting around. And Garth is introducing. She's he's patching Bess up. Um, I really don't like. I'm sorry, listeners, if, you, if this is your name, but like, I'm sure nobody listening to this was born before 1942. I really hate <laughs> the name Bess. That seems like a yeah. real dumb name. It just seems like like a, the name for uh, a, a cow or a dog, and not for a young lady. But you know, it's a pet name. That's exactly what bothers mm-hmm. me about it. You're 100 percent right. I didn't I didn't put that together. It's a it's a pet name. It's an animal's name that they have given to what? a woman. What can it be short for? <laughs> Bessatha? Be- Bestifer? <laughs> Bestifer? <laughs> That's actually pretty good. I might start calling you Bestifer Mosher from now on. I, it is what it is. Um, he introduces Bess to Dean and Sam, saying that Dean could start a fight in an empty house, but deep inside, I love that he's, he's a big old teddy bear. Uh, and that Sam is insecure for a lot of reasons, most of them right. Bless his heart. <laughs> Which yeah, is, he he Jesus. says like a kind. He says a kind of nice thing about Dean, like how he's like he's got um he's a, he's a teddy bear or whatever. But he just says that Sam is insecure and for good reason. And he just I mean, he just like cuts Sam's heart open and just lays it on the table. And it's like it's right there, Bess. Don't eat it. You're a werewolf, but like just look at it. Like look how bad just it look is. Look at it. Look at it. If you think this is gross, you should see his soul. <laughs> Sam's like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. I was the one that stopped him from stabbing you with an adrenaline syringe yeah. 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Motherfucker. Um, so Garth lays out the story. He was hunting a werewolf. He got bit. He accepted his fate. He cooked his favorite meal, um, which I don't. I didn't write down. He watched his favorite movie, which is Rocky Three. And uh, right as he was about to uh, eat a silver bullet, uh, Bess found him and saved him from killing himself. And uh, her and her pack adopted him. Um, and they don't they don't hunt people. We've seen this before, Chris. We've seen this with vampires. We've seen this with Kasuni. This is these are monsters that aren't being monstrous. Yeah, they're just uh, they're just straight chilling and they're just trying to cope and they're just trying to survive. Um, but of course, that being the case, Dean's going to be skeptical. Sam will is willing to believe that any monster is good because if it's good, you can fuck it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'm just. I gotta. I want to crave. I, I, I crave. I crave that sweet, sweet monster sex. But I don't. Yeah. I don't want like morally monstrous sex. You know what I'm saying? Like right, I want, right, right. Yeah, I just want to have sex with a monster. That, I don't want to have right. sex with a like a, a a sex monster, for example. Right. I don't want a werewolf. That, I, I don't want a sexual harassment werewolf to sleep with. That's right. not a good thing. Right. And he already he already did the ruby thing, and that was you know he probably felt like that was morally wrong. So he's just looking for some regular tame you know werewolf. Uh, where Dean's <laughs> like, we're gonna take care of these guys. I just want normal missionary werewolf sex, Chris. That's yeah, all I'm let, looking for. Yeah, that's all I'm asking for. Is that so much to ask? Uh, Dean's, you know, pulling out the gun. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's, let's hear about Dean. Let's, let's, maybe, let's maybe, listen to what the young lady has to say. Maybe she's got a sister. Just maybe saying. she's got a sister. Garth, does she have a sister? Could you introduce me to her? Does she have a mom who's sad that her husband died? I'm just asking questions here. I'm just asking I'm just, questions. I'm, these are routine. Just checking all the boxes. These are hunter questions. <laughs> oh god i just want normal straight up missionary werewolf sex chris that's all i'm looking for in my life i, I just want i don't want normal, the werewolf to be on top i want normal just relaxed missionary sex 
with a werewolf. Yeah, it's all it's all <laughs> with a werewolf. Uh, Bess always also uh, distinguishes between the two of them uh, because she calls Garth bitten, and uh, whereas she was born a werewolf, which I feel like this is the first time that we're we're making that kind of that that we're drawing that line between the two of these kinds of werewolves. Yeah, if we spent more time with werewolf lore, I'd be into that, but I don't think it, it matters. Yeah, I, I, you know, if if you're gonna give me this stuff, like, like, really make it count for me. Like, I want to see several like, episodes developing some werewolf lore. You know what I'm saying? And they almost why, got there. Right? Why like can't the, why can't like season ten just be about werewolves absolutely. or vampires? Like, it's just just the one thing. Like this threat is that yeah, these fuck. There's uh, there's a ton of these fucking werewolves. They're everywhere, and they're they're tearing up this town. We gotta stop them. You know, we, like I know it's not saving the world, but like that's a lot of werewolves. We gotta get them. We uh, do you remember the alphas in season six and like how we thought that, yeah, that was a, yeah. a really good idea with a really poor execution? Give me the alpha yeah. vampire and the alpha werewolf. It were just waging a war against each other, and like Dean and Sam trying to number like trying to get them to talk to be in peace, and also having to like execute just a ton of fucking vampires and werewolves. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the werewolves and vampires just keep making more of themselves constantly. <laughs> Uh, one of them gets turned halfway through the season. It's a whole thing. I mean, they already did that with Dean, but then they get cured and it's fine. Uh, there's so much drama to be had with just monsters. Do you think Sam werewolf Sam would just want to fuck a human or do you think he would still want to like fuck it like an even weirder? I think, werewolf? I think he'd go weirder. I you think know, he'd go weird. I think he'd go, he'd go, go dragon the or something. <laughs> now go, I'm ready he'd... to fuck a vampire as a werewolf. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. He'd be fucking Rougarous and dragons and just <laughs> and all the weirdest <laughs> shit that he can find. You guys heard anything about ghouls around here? I'm not, I mean, I'm just, I'm just got to make sure, you know, we take care of all the ghouls in the area not asking for sam, why are you always asking about ghouls <laughs> you're a real ghoul lover 69 sam yeah it's werewolf sam's uh aol id is ghoul lover 69 yeah, yeah 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 anyway um so yeah they they this is the difference but um dean asks for a word alone so best leaves the room uh, and garth is like no 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 i know you think it's fake but i checked them all out and dean's like there's no way this is real and he's like look why don't you why don't you come come to dinner with us like come come hang out at church with us and um yeah that's that's a thing <laughs> uh, that's gonna exist when when garth is like yeah like like uh bass is cool like be chill about it we're all chill and sam's like uh your fucking girlfriend and she's he's like wife and he's like i'll see your ring um <laughs> he's really interested in whether or not this is this is like a real like is there any wiggle room in here but uh is that a promise ring garth is that a promise ring or is that just like a like an actual an engagement bfd ring? engaged ain't married garth um <laughs> He um he is like no you're 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 you know she attacked me uh and and what I wrote it down he says he says well YouTube came busting in here like a house on fire guns waving the jawlines and the hair it's very intimidating it is I agree uh, especially yeah. compared to Garth who is just like a like they they make him look like such a damn uh, Poindexter in these in these episodes yeah, too like he's yeah. just like a real skinny little guy. He's like Captain America before he got the serum. Just a real small guy. That <laughs> That's exactly what though. he looks like. Um, <laughs> he looks like a shitty Chris Pine. Is it Chris Pine? Yeah, Chris. It's Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Uh, he looks like a shitty Chris Evans. I'm sorry, DJ Qualls. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're a great guy. We love you. Um, so this is where Dean goes to like check out the church and like see what's going on. I don't remember what Sam's doing. It's a little bit further in my notes and I don't want to scroll ahead. Sam has uh, has gone to the sheriff's office where he uh, we we meet a, a sheriff that will show up later. Indeed, we also see that uh, Sam is driving like a sweet bright blue muscle car that I just want to point out so that I can comment yeah. upon something about it later. He's fucking tearing uh, it up. <laughs> he tells he tells the sheriff that he's because the sheriff is like, man, this you know what's the FBI doing here? And he's like, well, to be honest with you, I just I just go where they send me and I'm 
I'm kind of the X-Files guy. You got anything X-Files around here? And this guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about, you yeah. enormous weirdo? You guys, <laughs> got you, any, uh, you guys got any ghouls or anything like that? Or, uh... <laughs> any single ghouls in your area waiting to mingle? <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, did you say girls? Or cause, uh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, I never, yeah, sure. Yeah, those um, two. Yeah, those two. I definitely love yeah, girls. I love human I women. I definitely do love a human girl. Like, that's true. Like, why do you have to specify human? What is your deal? Uh Anyway, all right. Uh, let me know if you see any of them. Um, I'll uh, call you later. Bye, <laughs> Sam. This is Sam just saying. I love the. I love. I love it. I love the sound of. A- Shit, I can't do it. You know the Raymond Holt thing from Brooklyn Nine Nine when he's pretended to be a, a, a like a heterosexual and he's like, I just, women, oh, yeah. I just, I just love the clatter of their breasts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's werewolf Sam trying to find a human woman. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love, I love the clatter of human breasts. I mean, what? Excuse I mean, me? just regular breasts. Just, just normal. They don't have normal to be clatters. Human. I, I mean, just like the clatter. Yeah. Anyway, he just keeps telling him, "All right, I'll call you later." The guy's like, "What?" Call? What do you mean? I didn't give you my phone number. <laughs> yeah, I'll call nine one one. I'll call you. Don't worry about it. So uh, Dean arrives at this house. It's a very uh, white picket fence. You know, yellow paint, white trim, kind of like good old fashioned farm country house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's as he's walking up to the door, he sees the like unmistakable sound of like a bunch of uh, like not good singers singing it, singing hymns. This time it's bre- bringing uh-huh. in the sheaves. Um, is it sheaves? Or sheaths? Are they if you think sh- that I fucking know, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I have probably sung this song, like, and I obviously know it because I think everybody would know it from everything. But like, I don't know what this is. I don't know why you're bringing them in. I don't know what they are. Leave them out there. Whatever. Leave them out um, there. Leave them out there. Is this door, a religious thing or is it just like a folksy thing? I think this is definitely a religious thing. I, I, but because I, I, I was, I mean, don't know if I was. I was raised Catholic, it. which is just like you know. You go to church and you feel like you did something bad. There's no singing and having fun. Yeah, I do. I do know that. Yeah. Um, hold on. Let's. Um, are you looking up what sheaves are? Yeah. Um, it's a popular gospel song. Uh, he just wrote the words. He didn't write the tunes. I guess he was just a. He was just a big old Christian and with a ginormous beard. All right. Wow. Sewing in the morning, sowing seeds of kindness, sowing in the new time and the dewy eye, waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping. We all we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what sheaves is. This is good content, by the way. This is great content. So, Thank Dean you, is greeted at the door. Google tells me that it's the plural of the word sheaf. So, fuck you. Google. Oh, perfect. Fuck yeah. All right. No, now I get it. Um, Dean's greeted at the door by Garth's stepmother-in-law she makes sure to point out that she is the stepmother-in-law mm-hmm. um everyone's being really s- nice and sweet not acting like fucking werewolves um the only person who's thinking about fucking werewolves is sam um dean meets reverend jim yep. who is the pack leader mm-hmm. he's got a fucking big old bible with a paw print on it which is hilarious to me i was in cub scouts and we used that same paw print um but the, Chris, so they're all, they're all being cool a, uh, did you know you could get a video game patch in cub scouts now that's fucking tight, dude. I didn't know, but didn't when I when we had to do a put on a talent show, and I asked if I could uh, reenact the opening movie from Final Fantasy VIII, they told me no. That's a real story, and I'm not kidding. I, I performed it. I performed it in front of my pack, and I let my I had my friend help me. God bless him. I let I had my friend help me do it because I I couldn't sword fight myself, and they were like, Chris, 
No. What are you doing? You can't do that. Is this is this something that you want me to cut out of the podcast, or you're you're comfortable? No, with this that's going? real. This okay. is you could leave okay. this in. I was I was a weird kid. I was like eight, and that's what I wanted to do. I really thought Instead, you were going to say did. like I want I want everybody to watch me like kill an Ultima weapon in Final Fantasy VIII. Like no, it's the opening of Final Fantasy VIII where Squall and Cipher fight and they cut each other's faces open. Not appropriate for ch- children. Um. Yeah, like instead we did like where the, the wild things are of Cub Scouts. <laughs> we're cutting some yeah. space open. <laughs> they were they were not okay with it, so we did we did where the wild things are, which is fun. Um, <laughs> I like this book. I like that. I like that the werewolves have a Bible and it has a giant paw print. It has a like huge a comical paw print on yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's extremely great. funny. Um, um, they're all trying to you know be nice to Dean, but he he doesn't want to play nice. He's not his brother, you know. He's not horny as fuck walking in here. Dude, um, can you imagine Sam Winchester walking into this room and just immediately just sporting the hugest, grossest boner you've ever seen in your it's life? It's just like, like just he's a, gotta like, yeah, it, yeah, it'd be a whole thing. He's tucking it into his belt, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Does not. Um, help. So he, Dean sits down to dinner with all of them, and they're all sitting there eating hearts. They gave him like a regular piece of meat. Um, I have to and, say, and, and, this this is extremely cheesy, and I kind of love it. Like all of these people sitting down and like eating raw, bloody meat with their hands. Yeah, they they have their um their dinner plates and their silverware, and they're in their church clothes. But then as soon as they start to eat the hearts, they're just going in with their hands because they're wolves. Like they, they fucking can't control wolves. it. Yeah, I, but yeah. but none of them are wolfed up. Like they're all human, right? Um, or not? I mean, they're in their human form. I should say they're definitely not humans. Um. But and Dean like Dean's like shitty little like cooked steak just looks so yeah. weird and bad in, in all of <laughs> yeah. this. And like Dean yeah. is looking around the room like he is the most disgusted he has been in quite some time. Which is funny because that's basically like how he eats his burgers anyway. But um yeah, they're uh they're they're putting on quite the show there. And he just like can't he can't keep it cool. He like has to keep being a dick. Um but he also notices they all wear silver bullets around their necks, which is an interesting detail. Um and they also they don't they reveal that they don't like the term werewolf. But they prefer the word lycanthrope, um, and that bullet, that silver bullet that they wear around their neck, is to remind them that they're 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 fragile. They are not immortal beings. They cannot um, push things too far because there there is a thing that they can kill them out there, and they need to be reminded of that. They need to you know be brought back down to the level. Um, and and we're getting Jim a lot t- of info here. Yeah, and Reverend Jim tells them like because this the, the way that he learned life was so precious was when a hunter killed his wife shortly mm-hmm. after the birth of his child. That uh, Garth and probably both Sam are now railing. Um, <laughs> and he was he was consumed by this this idea. Yeah, suddenly revenge. Garth looks around. He's like, uh, Bess, <laughs> excuse well, me, has anyone seen Bess? <laughs> Where's <is> Bess? <laughs> and then Dean looks out the window and he sees Sam's car is parked out there, and he's like, Oh no, <laughs> are you ready for love? Yeah, that uh, song's playing and the car's racking back and forth. And he's yeah. like, Garth, yeah, she's probably in the bathroom, Garth. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry. She'll be right back. Uh, silver necklace and all. Um, but his <laughs> wife was killed by a hunter and he was consumed by this like idea of revenge. And he he he, he was talked out of it by his current wife uh, who came in and helped him like kind of discover a peaceful side to himself as also and also helped him raise his daughter uh and of course you know he he goes through this whole thing of like i knew that if i gave into revenge i would never be able to stop and dean's like yep mm-hmm, same got it yep yep understand like, yeah that's kind of how it goes season nine <laughs> dog i get it i get the thematic thing that you're doing here season nine okay uh-huh, come on uh-huh pick it yeah, up pick sure. it up uh, let's let's keep keep the ball rolling here people uh notably his his new wife says that she is fourth generation werewolf so she she's a born not a bitten uh and then yeah um oh this is where oh, sam th- meets this this shit. is where My sam yeah he yeah. goes to talk to the cop and he's like you notice any like horny hot uh wolf singles in the area 
Um, did you excuse me? Did you say wolf singles? Is that a <laughs> uh, no? Uh, I mean, uh, just regular, just regular singles. Um, so I don't no, know what so you're he... looking for, but we don't have any women that would be referred to as wolf women around here. Yeah. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate, Sam. Um, if you want some river trash, though, I know, I know where I'm a good place. I know a good trailer park. <laughs> Oh my god, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> so Sam questions this this uh the sheriff about any, you know, weird anything going on. More mm-hmm. cattle deaths, more murders, anything that can be pointed to anywhere. The guy says, Yeah, there's there's really nothing going on here. Sam's like, you know, I'm kinda into more of the uh, you know, murders and X Files stuff. Any anything like that that might, you know, pique my interest. And dude's like, No, dude, like we live in a super normal town where like regular people don't talk about fucking wolves. So I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. And so Sam does. Uh, back over the house, Dean is getting a beer out of the fridge, or really, he's just looking, he's like exploring the fridge, he's just like t- casing the joint when, um... Yeah, it's like it's fucking Jeffrey Dahmer's fridge. Two of, uh, Bess's cousins roll up, and are basically like, you need to get out of here, like, they're being all intimidating, kind of giving our first yeah, round, but maybe not everything is, is perfect in Werewolf Paradise, um... Do you think we could get Coolio to rewrite Gangster's Paradise just with words with werewolf? Like that dude would probably like take forty dollars in PayPal and make a rap song for me, huh? Like, I, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> Patreon.com slash Monster of the Week. If you want me to hire Coolio to rewrite Gangster's yeah. Paradise with Werewolf Paradise <laughs> lyrics instead, um, but they and, and Dean is obviously like not fucking afraid of these. Like he's just, he's just, he's he's ready to start throwing down. And of course, Garth shows up and kind of shoes them away. And it's like, why are you being such a fucking idiot? Um, and Dean's like, hey, look, none of this is fucking real. Like, none of this cannot possibly exist. And Garth makes a good point, which is, it doesn't matter if it's real. This is, the, I found love and I found a family. Like, I was super doubtful at first, but this is, this is the truth. It's been proven to me. Like, I believe this and I want this to, 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 to work. Like, I have to believe that this will work for me. But Dean is like, dude, my brother is outside right now, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> just railing your wife. Like, He's just going to town on like, we just right need now. to, We just need to figure this shit out and get out of town, Garth. So I need you to be real with me. In the background, you just hear this. <laughs> just say I'm in bed. Just doof, doof. Yeah. The occasional bark the of a werewolf. just slapping. Why do people listen to this podcast? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um... But Dean is mad, and he he takes him to task, uh, takes Garth to task for you know he left, and he left kind of he left Kevin in a lurch, he left them in a lurch, he didn't even leave a note. Uh, Garth, in a in a rare moment of I think kind of insightful writing, uh, says uh, I I didn't I didn't tell you because I was super embarrassed. I was a fucking werewolf, man. Like we hunt werewolves. Like I was I was ashamed. Um, and then of course Dean has to tell him that Kevin is dead, and. Garth asks what happens, and Dean says he needed me when I wasn't there. Which um, is it like technically the truth? Like the truth would be more accurate if you said you convince I convinced Sam uh, on false pre- pretenses to uh, accept an angel into his body, and that angel <laughs> murdered Kevin um, at the behest of a totally different angel named Medich. Like I would love for him to explain this whole thing to, to Garth, just like lay it out for him. I guess it's just a little easier for him to just say. Uh... <laughs> uh the short version um i wasn't there yeah yeah um this is all sad but then we we skip ahead to sam and dean chilling out and sam kind of wondering like hey you know these people check out nothing weird in the town we've run into monsters that are are friendly before like there's no reason to 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 go kill all of these people Uh, and then just then he gets a call from our sheriff buddy and uh, they have found an eviscerated deer in the forest uh, they drive over to inspect it. Dean immediately notices that the blood is warm. And as he's noticing that, the sheriff goes full werewolf face behind him. Uh, 
Chris, I have a question for you. What's up? In Supernatural and previous werewolf episodes, <laughs> I, I have consumed a lot of fantasy and supernatural stuff around the, the in, in my lifetime. So maybe I'm just mixing mm-hmm. my werewolf stuff a little bit. Haven't we always been the kind of werewolves in Supernatural that come out when the moon full moon comes out and otherwise you're just human? Yeah. That's correct. Um, in fact, the, Aren't, the whole, are, are whole these old new werewolves. Is this a different breed? What, what's happening here? Maybe I, I maybe because they're they're older. Because we had the alpha stuff in season six. That was like the world is all topsy turvy now. So like werewolves are like they're they're not changing with the moon anymore. They're out their cycles off. Um, but I think that was just like a temporary thing. And they don't like change when they want to scare you. They're they're just they change because of the moon. And that's the problem is that they completely can't control themselves when they're like that um so now this is actually really falling apart i mean i guess if you're fucking fourth generation you just like got it in you and you can live as one sure yeah. but i feel like i feel like the whole thing about being a werewolf is that like 27 days a month you're um very chill and then for like maybe three nights like you're like you're a fucking werewolf and that, that's a problem because you can't control your thoughts or feelings or your actions <laughs> which one uh which one do you prefer do you prefer these werewolves that seem to be able to change into like quasi werewolves at will or do you prefer the more kind of standard full moon goes up i need to be changed i i like this standard because that's that's kind of like that's the drama of it like that's the that's that's the drama yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, and, and I could definitely see characters in the show leaning into that, being like, "I have strength because I am a werewolf, and on these certain nights, I let loose and blah blah blah." But, but because like, I'm know. a werewolf, I cannot fuck Sam Winchester. And Sam's like, "Wait a minute, I'm right here. What does that mean?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't necessarily hate the idea of of werewolves, like you know, having like power or anything like that. But they really, they only turn during during the full moon. That's when they're at their their peak. Um, in in my own werewolf fiction, that's how I wrote them: is that they're always werewolves, <laughs> but they only turn during uh, during the the moon cycle or whatever. So the sheriff uh, fangs up. They turn around. Uh, Dean just like does a perfect knife to the heart through and kills this yeah. dude. Uh, yeah. They see the bullet necklace, and then this time they see the words Ragnarok carved into it. Um, <laughs> he wants to. Uh, Dean's like, well, let's let's just go kill them all. And Sam's like, yep, let's do it. I love this moment where Dean tells Sam, he's like, I need you to clean this up, go grab Garth, lock him up, and I'll go check out the church. And I'm like, so you're going to drive to a church and Sam's going to dispose of a dead body and kidnap somebody against their will? Like, this seems like an unequal division of yeah. labor, Dean. Like, I don't think that you're entitled to boss Sam around right now. Right. But I think that what's going on here is how badly Dean wants to fucking murder. Like, I think that we don't, they don't really address it on that level because it's just sort of like they keep acting like that's how dean wants to deal with the situation and that's that but like uh, what we slowly start to learn here is that i think there's like an impulse and a drive and a desire like not just of you know i'd rather deal with it this way but uh this is just what i want to do i want to kill right now um and i think we actually we brushed over another part where he asked sam to like leave he's like all right yeah nothing's here you could probably leave and that's when the sheriff called um because he 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 wants to let loose a little bit. I think he's he got he got that feeling in his bones. And I think that if Sam had left before the sheriff called, that Dean would have gone back and tried to kill all those werewolves. Yep, I, I also agree. And and you're right that, that they are hinting at this stuff. Like I think they're building this up to to, to for an idea of like Dean now possessed with the murder mark uh, to have it be kind of losing control a little bit. Um, Dean breaks into the church. Sam goes to look for Garth. Uh, Dean finds the werewolf Bible. He opens it up to like the one page that says Ragnarok and he's like, yep, that's it. And then he goes over to uh, Google 
or not Google, but like some random computer and Googles the word Ragnarok. Search the web. Uh, yeah. Luckily <laughs> for him, it was pre-MCU, so he doesn't have to worry about just seeing yeah, right, right. Uh, the other Chris, whose name last name I can't remember. Um, Hemsworth. Thank you. Um, yeah, so he Googles Ragnarok and finds out some information. Uh, Sam calls him and tells him that Garth and Bess are missing. Garth's place has been trashed. Uh, and Dean lays this out to <laughs> to sam because he's read like a wikipedia page he's like oh yeah ragnarok is the end of the world in some cultures and there's a wolf named fenris and i think that they're these werewolves are worshiping fenris and want to bring him about as the apocalypse and i think this reverend jim and i'm like man this was a really good like what was your search term dude i saw you put in the word ragnarok and you came back with solving the case yeah you got all the lore absolutely insane um while this, while while Sam is talking, they, well, what, what's cool here is that we realize is it's not all of them, but they're the, this group is basically like a werewolf doomsday cult, yeah, um, which is interesting. Uh, not all of them, but we don't know that yet. Um, so when Sam goes to uh, find Garth, he heads back to the apartment, and guess fucking what, Jeremy? Sam is unconscious again. Sam gets hit across the head with a tire iron. <laughs> <laughs> or like Insane. a crowbar or something like that's that poor dude's skull man like he can never shave his head it's just no wonder he wants to fuck monsters no wonder he's a weird pervert yeah, this dude belongs on i've been watching a lot of hannibal so i'm making her watch a hannibal references but like this is a guy sam winchester is a guy that hannibal would recruit and try to style into a serial killer to suit his <laughs> needs like i need you to go out there werewolf boy go. He's, he's got the head trauma he's, he's he fits the bill he's he fits the profile uh reverend jim c- uh, comes home immediately hears dean's heartbeat and uh dean and calls him out for being nervous and dean's like fear makes you human and like the dude's like no that's not the way this works like everybody is like yeah. scared like have you not been paying attention to things like what are you talking about right uh dean tries to set, say that reverend jim has set himself up as fenris but jim denies it he says no 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 that was that was what this 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 pack did in the past as we we focused on that but when i took over i preached a message of peace and coexistence um and dean doesn't really believe this until he grabs the silver bullet and realizes it doesn't have the word ragnarok etched onto it yeah because he was like oh that looks corny and i'm not gonna do it um (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna order my shit from etsy with somebody with like a tool to do that yeah so you know regardless of what i believe that you're not getting any answers off of my necklace no but uh, that's that's confirmation enough for dean that okay this guy is actually telling the truth um so he he uh jim here he he truly believes that the maw is what they call them um is is dead and over but um dean is like no the sheriff tried to kill me and now garth and bess are missing so like that's not true clearly something's going on here um and then we cut to a farm it's the it's the set from dean's flashback with the tractor and everything it's the yep. same place Sa- same, the tractor is place, even in there camera angle which is hilarious mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and they're they're being held there uh sam got dragged in and i kind of wanted them like in my head i was like maybe sam's just pretending to be knocked out because it's obviously it's been like 45 minutes like out in the country i feel like it takes a long time to drive anywhere um and so it's been it's been a long time since we're Sam was uh, knocked out in an apartment, transported to a, a vehicle, driven to a farmhouse, and then chained up. I don't the logistics. He's he's seven and a half feet tall. I just it doesn't make any sense. Well, they've to got me. they've got two dumbass werewolf higgs to, to to do it. I think between between those two guys, they could wrestle Sam into a into some sort of car or vehicle true. or yeah. a wagon of <laughs> some sort. A wagon, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Put Sam it's, in the wagon, everybody. Def- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a wagon. Um, but yeah, so um. 
the evil stepmom and the uh, derpy cousins are there. Yep. Um, it's. I, I this is this is this this kind of villain speech thing falls apart for me a little bit. Um, I I number one I don't really like this chick acting very much. Um, mm-hmm, like I, mm-hmm. I feel like she's a little over the top. I feel like her motivations are just. I don't know, man. I just, I just, this doesn't click with me. Like none, none of this stuff in this scene. The only cool part is when she is going to shoot uh, her her stepdaughter and her stepdaughter screaming, and Sam reaches out and just it literally proves that he is Big Kick Sam IRL, which I was I <laughs> very excited about. It will probably be the yeah. gift for this podcast release episode. It's good shit. Yeah, it's um, good shit. But she basically says like her brother was killed. And her husband told her to be patient and that he wanted werewolves to coexist. Uh, but then eventually she was like, no, my dad taught me that we should kill all men. So I want to do that instead. Um, yeah, it's just it, the motivation is weak because like obviously revenge is like a strong motivating factor and um, pursuing it only leads to bad things. I guess, the, you know, they're, rein- they're reinforcing that theme. But like you got like a pretty sweet gig, lady. Like maybe you should just ch- fucking chill. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And and this is the this is the problem. So like we we had the issue with the first part of the episode, which is why is Garth running around in a field trying to collect organs? Like you guys have a, like a pack set up. This would obviously fuck up your pack situation. Like you have a sheriff right. in the town that would like. Why don't you just have your own farm and just take the organs that you need? Like if this is what you're going to do, why is why is Garth acting like an asshole um, when he does has this different stuff? And then she has been this woman's mother for or stepmother for like 15 years or something and lives with this family. Like what, when were you going to, and and there is some idea of a setup. Like she's going to try to convince the pack that Sam and Dean came along and killed Garth and Bess and that they should, they should get revenge on all hunters. And that's how she's going to turn the pack back to her dad's belief. Who was the reverend of the pack before this. Um, but I just, I, I just, I, I don't know. It just kind of falls pretty cold on me, to be honest with you. Like, I just, I just kind of don't yeah. care. The things I like about this episode aren't really tied to the, what the Any werewolves are up yeah. to, I guess. Um, I do like this Dean situation though, because Dean is, uh, <laughs> outsmarting some werewolf noses and which I like a lot. So yeah, I he, like this too. He, he baits one of the werewolf cousins out, and uh, I don't know if we've mentioned it. The werewolf cousins all have, like, and all of the family has ridiculous hick accents. Like, they say they're from Nebraska, oh, but yeah. they talk like they're from, like, South Mississippi, almost. They're like, yeah. well, Bessa, what are you doing? Like, that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Dean puts his jacket on a post and leads the werewolf there via his scent and then comes out of the bushes behind him to kill him, which is pretty fucking dope. Yeah, uh, and then he some wears good stealth shit. And he wears the cousin's uh, coat into the barn so that the mama werewolf doesn't uh, catch on to what's going on, which is also pretty cool. Absolutely wild. This guy's fucking tripping. Um, it's great. Um, I, it's honestly that's a cool move. Um, yeah, they, he busts in and uh, they fight. That's that's what happens here. They fight as usual. Yeah, they. Uh, so Sam has, has been trying to get loose. He hasn't really been able to do that. He was able to perform one effective kick, which is pretty good for an episode, I, w- I would imagine. Um, this whole time that like this chick is threatening uh, Bess, Garth is starting to wolf out, and she's also beating the shit out of Garth, so he looks all bloodied and whatnot. When Dean arrives, uh, she the, the gun has been kicked out of her hand by Big Kick Sam, and uh, Dean's gun gets knocked down, too? I guess the other cousin attacked him is what happens, and so he loses his gun. Yeah. So they both do like the gun dive, like in front of Max Payne, and try to shoot each other at the same time. But of course, because Dean is an actual hunter and not just a stepmom at werewolf, he actually makes the shot and kills this woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, that's that. 
that it's just the next day <laughs> and uh, everyone's like worn out yeah it's just like that's just it. it's just the next day uh garth and dean are talking about how they let kevin down and um garth wants to get back into hunting with them and he wants to make it right like, it's it goes from like they shot her in the heart to it's the next day uh, it's so quick um but garth wants to he wants to get back into hunting he wants to make it right but dean tells garth to find happiness where he can like just you, you got something here so you know what just fucking hold on to it because it's fleeting and it's not going to last but just hold on to it while you can uh and then he gives garth a hug because he knows um he knows garth wants a hug but it doesn't seem genuine. It seems like it's still serious, Dean, and he's just trying to he's trying to play that role. And oh, this see, is where I, I started to think. I read this a little differently. I thought this was a genuine hug from Dean, like a Dean, like kind of okay. Because right before this, Garth says like they're talking about Kevin, and Garth says like well, there's and he's like that, that blood is on my hands, and Garth's like, well, look, there's plenty of plenty of that blame to go around. Like introducing this idea to Dean, like it just because it is your fault doesn't mean it is only your fault. Like there's a, probably a lot of factors mm-hmm. at play here, including Garth skating away with his werewolf slam piece. Um, it's it's like I, I, I thought this was a genuine hug from Dean, so I'm interested to hear why you think it's kind of almost not, if not faked, then um, in, in, not ingenuine. Un-genuine? I don't think it's I don't think it's totally disingenuine, but it's like he's only doing it because he knows he should do it. And I think that this episode does a really good job of illustrating the Dean that has detached from the good parts of himself. Um, and I think we we talked about this before how this would have probably worked in some ways uh, to go before the Kane episode. I think that would have influenced the Dean that is well willing to do bad things, uh, like drop everything so he can get revenge so he can go kill Abaddon or so he can get the power to kill because it's, it's illustrating a side of Dean that is a lot more vicious and a lot less understanding, a lot less uh, willing to forgive. And so this coupled, I think like a good example, a good hunt, where, um, hey, we should just kill them. That's the easier solution here. Coupled with the the guilt and responsibility of everything that happened with Kevin and Sam and, and all that stuff and his own failings, these two things mixed together, I think, form a really good backbone for um, Dean running into Crowley in the next episode and saying like, hey, I have a, I have an idea. We can go get this blade. And then he meets Kane, and he's got these two recent experiences: one the emotional one, and one the the hunt where he went and wanted to, wanted to kill stuff. Um, where he's now willing and and built up to a point where he says, "Yes, I accept this mark because uh, I just had this experience." And of course, Dean has had plenty of these kinds of experiences over the seasons. Um, but jumping f- directly into the mark of Cain felt really rushed. Felt like they didn't really let us sit in Dean's descent downward. Um, they did a really good job of showing Dean spiraling down with all of his mistakes and all of his lies, and him trying to do the best that he can, even though he knows what he's doing is wrong. That was all really compelling. And then we hop to, I'm going to be fucking bad boy killer now. Uh, and I don't care about anything. Um, which is, you know, that's not necessarily the read on him for this season or these last two episodes. But it's, you know, it's going down that darker path. Sure. Like, the, it's even even darker still than what it was. And I think that something like this in between would have been really good. However, now on the other side of that, I see Dean being affected by the Mark of Cain. Now, I don't remember how this is going to come to affect him. If it does, I, I really don't. But I could totally see this thing starting to cast an influence over him now that it's on him um, and changing him and making him think of things differently, th- making him think, you know, killing is what he's supposed to do. And I, that is why I see when he gives the hug to Garth that it, while it's not entirely fake, it's forced. Like Dean's making himself do it because he feels like he should. I don't know. That could, be a, that could be an incorrect read or I'm reading too much into his behavior changing. 
because now I'm taking more interest in his behavior changing and, and I'm trying and I'm I'm looking past how it seemed kind of uh, sudden and, and stark in the last episode. And now I'm like, OK, we're sitting in it. We're living with it. We're two episodes into this. Um, and I'm more interested to see how his arc is going to get darker and darker as it goes from here. I do like your idea that this is this would make a better setup for that episode. Like I, I'm, I don't really remember. I think we were coming off of a cliffhanger maybe at the end when the when the boys broke up again. So maybe like they wanted that first episode to pack a lot of punch. Um, I don't yeah. think we really thought about. I, I hadn't thought about that until now. So maybe that was the reason that they kind of rushed all the Kane stuff because it was a mid season premiere almost, and so they wanted to rack up those yeah, numbers for sure. Um, for sure. But I, I definitely think the story would have been bettered by giving Dean some more time and stuff like this of seeing that you know even within uh, you know these weird werewolf cults who want peace like the violence can still happen like almost feeling making it feel like it's hopeless like even his you know even even these people that garth were with were were rotten on the inside as well would lead him to a self-destructive thing about uh you know partnering with crowley and going after abaddon um i i, I like I, I wish the episode's order had been messed around i don't know that this would have been a good like premiere episode and that's probably why it wasn't to be honest with you um right right makes sense so uh Dean gets in the car with Sam and he drives Sam back to his uh, bright blue uh, muscle car. Uh, and yeah. Sam says like, I'll send you that postcard. And then, of course Dean can't get it. Can't really let it go. So he gets out. Uh, Dean says that he was really messed up the night that they went their separate ways. And Sam corrects him. It's like, you mean the night that you split? And, uh, and he, he knows what he did was wrong, but he wants to, he wants to be able to ride with Sam again so that they can split the crappiness. He spends a lot of time talking and zero time apologizing. Like there's not a legitimate, yeah. I'm sorry in here whatsoever. And I'm like, come for on, for half a second, come on, Dean. I thought you were about for, to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. For half a second, it like literally sounds like he's going to say sorry. And then he doesn't, then he starts making excuses and trying to explain. Uh, and then, I mean, I still buy it. I, I wanted him to apologize, but I buy that. Like he's now spinning a yarn because he can't just come out and say he's sorry because it's, it's, it's hard for him. Um, but this is, this is, I, again, I see, I see a Dean reaching back out from, from the depth, from the darkness that he knows is starting to kind of swirl around him and that he's bringing upon himself. This is him, him reaching a hand out to Sam again. Um, you know, he says, what's, what's right is wrong and what's wrong is more wrong. But when, um, but when we rode together and Sam interrupts and says, we split the difference, like it wasn't as bad. All the bad shit wasn't as bad when they were together. And that's how it always is. Um, but Sam says that they just don't see things the same way anymore. Um, and he says that he can't trust Dean like he should be able to trust, trust him. Um, and Dean brings out the, you know, we're family line and Sam says, well, that's, that's the problem. Um, and he then says, you know, we're family and that way it brings all this extra drama to it. He says, but if, if you want to work together. That's fine. We can work together. We can be partners. But if you want to be brothers, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. Um, and this ends with him getting back in the Impala with with Dean. To, to Dean being like, you know, I'll take what I can get, basically. But it, I didn't like Sam here because I, not that I don't justify his anger or that his anger isn't justified because I get it. I didn't like this, and I could I totally understand because the fans always hate Sam. I could understand why they would be angry because this literally happened. The same exact thing in season seven. This 100% same exact thing. Hey, I can't trust you. If you want to be partners, if you want to hunt, that's fine. But if you want to be brothers, no way. Uh, this happened in season seven when, when Dean killed the, the Kitsune behind Sam's back. We had the same exact scenario. And I like can't believe that they're just doing it again. 
Yeah, it's 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 a little on the nose. Like, uh, and this is what I think uh, you and I were worried about way back when when we started the podcast was getting to the situations where they were recycling brother drama for the sake of recycling it. I do think that this is a little bit w- well, a little bit better set up. Like the you know we had a, a good 10, 11 episodes of this whole situation that Dean had kind of orchestrated. Um, not but semi against his will, but like he felt like he had no choice or, or whatever. I. I feel like this is set up better, and I feel like that the drama here is real. I, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a hard thing to talk about because at its core, the show is about these two brothers, uh, you know, hunting people, saving things, family business, the whole the whole routine. So if you if you split up the brothers for more than several episodes, like you you, you make it into two shows, you make an A plot and a B plot, and it's right. it's not particularly that fun at that point. Like I feel like the the show loses some of what makes it supernatural. So. Right. The show is going out of its way to set up these moments of, of drama and tension to pull these boys apart. And then they have to kind of very quickly smash them back together again or else the the, the show isn't what the show is. And, mm. I, you know, I, I, I put myself in Sam's shoes here and there have been so many situations where Dean has gone over his head, behind his back, um, like done things that Sam doesn't agree with in Sam's name. There's been so many times that Dean has has gone off on his own or gone against Sam's better judgment or not asked for Sam's judgment or whatever it is that I even in a situation where you wanted a hunting partner, I don't know that like I could choose Dean like I, at this point in my like you have fucked me over so many times, my man. But because it's a TV show and it's a fictional world and it's a fictional universe and we want these two boys in the car with each other all the time, they they have to, like, even with some hesitation, Sam has to be like, yes, we won't be brothers, but we will be partners or whatever. Like, And I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. I just... Which is weird. It's weird because it sounds like what Sam is saying when he says, like, you know, I, I can't trust you. It's not that I think you're going to stab me in the back. I think you're going to throw me to the wolves because that's, of course, not true. But he, the problem is that Dean will do things without consulting Sam. He he's always had that issue because he's the big brother. Um, but I think that Sam saying I can't trust you is I can't trust your judgment because you're gonna make a call that I don't. I'm not cool with. You're gonna say it's worth it to have me possessed by an angel to save my life. You're gonna say it's worth it to kill all these vampires rather or re- all these werewolves rather than you know hearing out what what Garth has to say or whatever. Um, I think that Sam is concerned about the types of decisions that that dean is making which of course that's what you're saying i'm not yeah. whatever mm-hmm. um but but dean is now making choices that sam is like holy shit dude like i can't trust that you're gonna make the right decision because you keep doing these things that i disagree with and that i don't like um so it's not like he thinks dean's gonna stab him in the back but he's gonna keep making wacky choices that sam just can't be cool with exactly so it's like why would you even want to be partner <laughs> why would you want to hang out with this guy he's i mean he's not he's a really good hunter don't get me wrong he has extremely good instincts he saves your life countless times but he fucks you over at every turn like if i had a car that got grace get got get ugh, wow jesus if i had a car <laughs> that got great gas mileage that never needed an oil change and that occasionally punched me in the dick while i was driving 75 miles an hour i wouldn't drive the car like i'm just like right. i would i would i don't want to get dick punched on the interstate you know what i'm saying right I, you don't need that yeah and this and, and dean is the dick punch of brothers at this point because of all of this bullshit that he's doing <laughs> yeah um and you know i don't know how they're gonna untangle this or like build the trust back so it's because because dean's going further away you know he's getting further away from from what's what's right and what's justified because as we said before, as much as he was wrong for making this choice for Sam and having him possessed by the angel, 
it was it was out of desperation and it was out of love at the end of the day you know selfish codependent but it was still out of love for his brother he didn't want him to die he couldn't he couldn't say goodbye to him um the same same road they've been down before so he he just wanted to save him that time um but now we're going to get further from that and is he going to be making these choices that are just they're just bad for everybody like you know we don't we don't know what's going to happen yet um so eventually they decide that they're they are, they are going to be partners again um dean agrees to you know sam's terms and conditions or whatever and uh and, th- and this is probably my favorite not favorite part of the episode but it's one of the best little details in this episode that i love so much and, a, and an episode that's kind of full of not necessarily like errors or errata but just like weird shit uh sam just gets in the impala and they drive off and they leave this beautiful bright blue muscle car just sit in the parking <laughs> lot and like bumfuck nebraska it's a town yeah. full of werewolves and i'm like where did you get take it back to the bunker at least you guys have a garage <laughs> you're gonna a need another car, car. like what are you doing <laughs> that really cracked me up just seeing them drive off was really funny to me they're always just uh, these poor people who have their beautiful old classic cars stolen. They probably spent, you know, a whole summer working on it. This father and son really bonded over it. And then some fucking guy with long hair comes and steals it. And it's just, you never see it again. He, he, he abandons the car, but they left the keys and they have to, sure, it's just yeah. a whole thing. Um, and yeah, that's the episode, which overall, I think it, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty positive on it. Like it's mechanically broken in some ways, but like there's, there's enough charm and uh, with Garth and the boys, uh, the, the werewolf religious cult, I think is a cool idea. If it's not, it completely it was actually executed pretty well right up until the ending which i don't i don't I, yeah, yeah it's just yeah. kind of garbage um but overall i was i was i was positive on this episode as i am most episodes i realize so i like this one yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited <laughs> to see what season nine is, is going to do for us yeah i i can now buy into dean's uh unfolding darkness a little bit better are we done like are we getting out of here i think that's it i think that's the end of the episode cool well thank you everybody for listening we really appreciate it um, if you have a chance and you want to hear me and Chris talk about the dumbest shit in the world and, and re- basically review every single emoji of which there's going to have to be like 4,000 episodes or something, yeah, uh, go to thinkyface.cool or search for thinkyface on Apple podcast or wherever you might get them. If you like this show, uh, you can leave it an iTunes review. That would be really super cool. We haven't gotten one in a, yeah. in a while. Uh, you can also support us at patreon.com slash monster of the week to get episodes earlier in the week. Uh, and we appreciate everyone who is currently doing that. Chris, where are you at on Twitter nowadays? I'm at Local Bones on Twitter. I am at JG Greer. The podcast is MOTWcast. You can find links to all of that at monsteroftheweek.cool. We'll be back next week with Sam and Dean go undercover at a spa. Oh. Is that what our music sounds like? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, dude. I'm going to go hang out with my wife. Yeah, I'm going to play some fucking Shinobi video game. You going to do the Shinobi or are you going to do the the anime high school girl? I'm going to do both. I'm going to do both. Being honest. Let me know if if you need Shinobi tips. Always. I've never uh, slipped into anybody's DMs with the intention of uh, like slipping into their DMs. Everything right. that that implies. 
but I have I have been slipping into a lot of people's DMs to talk about Shinobi. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, hey, bud, where you at? You Just, where you at? So, let me know what, you, what, what you're doing. What you, what you got going on? Yeah. Uh, I was talking to somebody last night on uh, Instagram, this kid Jake, um, who is on the he was on the final boss and he was like like banging his head against it because there's multiple phases and, and like multiple bosses in a row or something. I didn't really know. Um, and I was like, man, this sounds really frustrating. Give yourself a break. Yeah, the um, that Nick guy who was kind of like, oh, he's I mean, he's really good at these games was like, yeah, I, I spent like two and a half hours attempting that. Jesus. Yeah. So what bring it in the sheaves. This is going to be fun. I'm just going to. I'm going to unlock everything that I possibly fucking can before I get to that ending and just get as strong as humanly possible and then go into it. I'm Doug. And I'm other Doug. And this is Doug. Creepy but necessary podcast about Doug. Not not the not the Nickelodeon cartoon, just the just Doug. It's just about uh Doug. You know him, I know him. He's Doug. Hey, Doug. I can't hear you, so let me make sure that I have my settings. Correct. How about now? No. Hello? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, hello? Uh, uh, hello. Son of a bitch. I just had server mute selected. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Christopher. Go have home. You just, have you just been talking for a while? I just didn't hear you? <clears throat> well, I, I kept being like, oh, I can't hear you. And, you know, I don't need to tell you. You're going to hear it all on my audio. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so no no reason to have to live it twice. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Chris. How are you? Hey, 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 Doug, how's it going? Going pretty good, the other Doug. <laughs> other Doug, what's up? I like um, how you capitalized yours, and I'm all lowercase Doug. Oh, wow. This is so totally two different vibes. <laughs> Completely two different vibes. Completely I'm like an internet vibe. cool person, and you're like a, like a Bloodborne NPC. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say I'm a character in a Stephen King book, but just same thing, really. <laughs> the other Doug from Kane Hurst. He yeah. wields he wields the mighty laser pointer. And when you say it like that, it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> the other Doug. Honestly, I I mean that's I wouldn't put it past Miyazaki to name it like to, to name a boss like the other something or another, right? Uh-huh. Like he, he named uh-huh. a boss the Living Failures. So, right. Ceaseless Discharge is still the funniest one. It's not an inaccurate description, but it's still a hilariously gross one. It's it's extremely gross, and yeah, I like that boss fight a lot. All of them have have kind of weird weird names though, like um, like Demon of Song is such a cool and evocative name. Yeah, for what turns out to be a giant frog with a face in its mouth. Right. I think anything with a cool name, you can expect it to just be like a big gross like blob because that's just how that's how that guy's brain works. I'll give you a, um, uh, well, maybe not, because I don't know when this is going out, and I don't, I don't know how many of our listeners are Sekiro fans or from software fans, but there's a boss fight um, called the uh, <laughs> the Flat Screen Monkeys. No way. 
I think I'm getting that right. I think I'm pretty close to it. But yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. The game does um, weird stuff with monkeys. So you sent me a rumor today that about George R. R. Martin from Game of Thrones potentially mm-hmm. working with FromSoft mm-hmm. on a game. Which sounds so ridiculous. Like that's some fan thought that up because like, yeah, wouldn't that be cool? And yet I can't help but think that Miyazaki and Martin have very similar philosophies for creating characters. Like yeah, what we cold, just said. Cold brutal worlds, uh mm-hmm. the willingness to kill your 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 favorites. Um some some kind of like a lot of detail on seemingly meaningless things, but uh, but but it implies way more than is actually mm-hmm. there. If that makes sense, we actually had and somebody. They, this, 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 we had somebody, and I can't. I'm sorry, I can't remember who it is. Um, uh, DM us, and um, it's the person that had been that DM'd us and was like, "Oh yeah, I hear you guys talk about Dark Souls so much." So I started watching LPs. Oh and yeah, I'm, like obsessed with Dark Souls and listen to your episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton and all that. Uh, so she's apparently like way into Dark Souls now, and I made some like random comment That's awesome. about Game of Thrones and about like I don't really want to reread it because there's all this like huge description that's kind of meaningless and she's like actually if you go if you go back and, and read all that stuff like it's it's setting up stuff like the red wedding like two and a half books early um you, if you just read between the lines and all this stuff and she huh. said that, that there's a I, I figured like comparing that with dark souls lore is is really interesting to me because both of them are heavily heavily implied things that's like i mean that's that is a, that's really cool that's a cool observation um but just thinking, like, the, you take somebody like the Knight of Flowers, somebody who is the stereotypical heroic-looking knight, and things are not going to work out for that character. Or you take uh, Jamie Lannister, again, like, this other, like, stereotypically, like, heroic-looking person, and he's fucking Jamie Lannister. So, and, and Dark Souls is the exact same way with the way they'll take any anybody that you think is cool, uh-uh, something's wrong here. Anybody you think is nice, nope, not okay. Don't don't <laughs> chill with that guy. He's not as legit as he seems. Um, I mean, everybody laughs maniacally, so that's, you know, that's you, you got to rule that um, out. But I'm not going to talk a lot about Sekiro on this podcast because I feel like uh, like if people want that content for me, like I, they, they can probably find it. Like I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Like, come to the Don't Give Up Skeleton <laughs> Discord server. Like it, it's open to the public. There's no Patreon needed. Like I, I, I talk about that shit all the time. Um, uh, but oh, what the fuck was I about to say? Oh, that's one thing I'm missing because From Software decided that they were going to that the default language for the game was going to be in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, so they weren't in charge of the localization. They usually hire a company called Frog Nation to do all of the localization, which is why you see like the guy that plays Solaire popping up in four or five games and things like that. Uh, but the English tra- tra- localization and translation was all done by Activision. And I don't know who they hired, but they just like it's not quite to the level that I want it to be. And mm-hmm. some of it is mm-hmm. just actively bad, and then some of it is some of it is really really fucking good, and it nails it. Uh, but yeah, it's just I just want I want everybody to be a little bit more maniacal than they actually are. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, everybody's more stoic because they're all just fucking dying. <laughs> and, and just to that person I was talking about, it was uh, uh, Lilithane on Twitter. I think she's a patron, okay. so just shout okay. her out real quick. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Mark. Um, shout out to Mark. <laughs> shout out to the Dugs out there. You know what I'm saying? Put your hands up, yeah. Dugs. Shout <laughs> out, to, shout out to Doug. Um, did you ever address that with that guy? No. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't remember what I said um, back to him, but I was Just like, like, "Who's Doug?" I was like, first off, I'm extremely offended that you would call me Doug." <laughs> did you and ever? He, and he wrote back, and it said something to the extent of, um, 
what a horrible first impression to make. I'm totally embarrassed. Poor guy. I have no idea where Doug came from. Most likely my brain was thinking about somebody named Doug. And I'm like, yep, that's cool. Yeah. Oh boy, it's yep. it happens, I guess. Um, yeah, we don't need to talk about uh, we don't need to talk about samurai too much. Oh, I, I'm sorry, shinobi. See, that's my problem. Steve told me that my problem was that I keep trying to play the game like I'm a samurai, but can't you get be a shinobi? And those are different things. And he's right. Okay, Chris, help me out mm-hmm. because uh-huh. uh, I you, you know me, I am not steeped in the culture of bushido, real bushido samurai uh-huh. shinobi. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like I don't really understand what any of this stuff is supposed to be or is like I've got just enough knowledge from like shitty kung fu movies as a kid and right. the, the, the Americanization of Eastern philosophy and things like that to to just to I mean just to be completely offensive if I talk about it I from this game I'm gathering that a shinobi is kind of a person that is dedicated to a task or to a code and they are willing to do anything to get there in other words they are they they're not they are not necessarily honorable in the way that they may kill people, like they'll be sneaky and stab you at the back as opposed to challenging you one-on-one. Is, am, I, right. am I close to that? Yeah, I think you're close. I mean, a shinobi is basically what you would assume as like a ninja in popular culture. It's the same thing. Okay. Um, all of that stuff, like samurai weren't really challenging each other to these like one-on-one duels. I mean, I'm sure they were, but there was plenty of people who were just changing sides and betraying each other and stabbing each other in the back. And I mean, it, it, it was like anything. But I think the idea was that up front, you were honorable and you were true and that was your reputation and that was kind of like the standard that people were held to even though it wasn't fucking true like whatsoever like we pretend that politicians are good people but it's like oh you're all slime bags um but like you know the, the common folk would believe like oh you're a samurai you are you're better than me you're this you're that you're loyal to your lord blah 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 whereas i think a shinobi if even such a thing would it would have existed within the time period that they're like this game is set in i think would would be the t- it's kind of the same deal at least the the ideals were the same like you serve your your master you serve uh your purpose you do this you do that whatever but i think everybody would just be like oh you're a sneaky little shithead and you're gonna um do underhanded things to to get forward just like you were saying yeah um this is obviously just the fictionalized version of history but i think this fictionalized version or these fictionalized ideas are kind of almost taken as the norm now from like the way that people look back just like that we look at like Paul Revere's Midnight Ride as like yeah, a peak moment yeah. of American history. You know, we act like it was this brave grand thing when really it was like some young 17-year-old girl who really made most of that ride and it wasn't Paul Revere at all. Yeah. But and no, and nobody and I, nobody know, talks about Paul Revere getting the getting the runs on the side of the road right, during that thing right. and he just had to kind of keep going. So and nobody talks about how like samurai were all a bunch of dickheads and that like, you know, obviously shinobi weren't as cool as fiction makes them out to be but yeah you get the idea yeah i know that this is the first time in my life that i've been like i am a shinobi and i'm real excited about it mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is mm-hmm. I, I would watch like ninja <clears throat> films or kung fu films and things like that and, and like get into them like i thought they were really cool uh but something about this game just has, has got me and i'm like kind of like really into everything I'm, I'm really excited to i feel like i'm getting close to the end i beat one major boss today and i bunch of mini bosses and i got to what is definitely has to be the last area um but i it's 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 just i want to go back through and play it with the japanese language and the english subtitles i really like playing it in japanese yeah. yeah i um obviously like i watch a lot of anime and stuff but i almost always watch in english because i just would rather just watch it and i'll be reading um which i used to make fun of people for saying that like oh you don't want to watch a foreign film because you have to read subtitles you freaking idiot but now i'm like oh no for sure like i'm i'm tired and i want to look at my phone sometimes 
because <laughs> I'm a bad person. Um, oh, I'm the same way, but, dude. Like it's it's like and uh, and uh, Gary, I think was was talking about this too. He's like, you know, like it, I just when people are talking like in, in a video game, like I just my, my mind is going to check out. Like I just I don't want to mm-hmm. have to read a, read a subtitle. And we've talked about this before on like uh, doing stuff for Miles the Weeks presents where uh, we, we we it's it's difficult to pay attention to a show to read subtitles and to also make notes on a show to be right. able to talk about it later. So. Right. Um, but all that said, I've been playing this game in Japanese because um, it just feels like it, it fits more. And plus it's not dialogue heavy. You're only reading a little bit as you go. Um, so it's no big deal. But, yeah. um, and I just, I, yeah, I like the way it all sounds. <laughs> um, I but I'm not would, very far in. I bet it would be like way more um, of a piece to the setting and everything because mm-hmm. As it is right now, like there's a Kate, even Sekiro is is like the dude himself is. Um, I don't know if that's a spoiler. Your dude is named Sekiro, by the way. I don't, I don't yeah, know if that's yeah, a spoiler yeah. or not. Uh, I mean, but, it means one armed wolf. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. Um, but like even like he's got that like kind of gruff, like white American kind of voice to him. Uh, and I, and I, I might be casting dispersions. I have no idea who the voice actor that's playing him is, but uh, but it's just it's just a very like a lot of times it's just a very bland performance so there's only a few standouts on the english side but so it'd be interesting to go back in the japanese stuff i really like his voice in japanese because he's so quiet like this what did the buddha tell you i understand like he's just so Mm. reserved and like he seems honestly really really sad um without sounding mopey it's again you can read a lot into a language that you don't understand or you can take whatever you want from it because i mean a lot lot different things so to me he sounds sad and I like that, but he doesn't sound pitiful. He just seems like a really somber person. And if to me, it seems like he understands something that I don't about what's happening around him, um, which is interesting to me. I'm like, what is this sorrow that he's bringing with him? Like, what is going on? That what, what does he see in this world that me as the player just can't see because I'm not a part of it? Yeah. But that being said, when you're saying like you're so into this and the way that it you know it feels to be a, a shinobi, that's because this game, for as difficult as it is, that's that's the the trick of it like i've had i've been texting you my my gamer rage because i just have to let it out somehow um it's it's extremely difficult until you start to learn and it's then it becomes incredibly satisfying and i'm still struggling a lot but now when i run through areas where i struggled a lot with just like fighting the random mobs the random enemies and you can just like slice and dice and you're dodging bullets and cutting people open and you're like oh my fucking god this feels good um and it feels so like tactile and and strong in a way that a lot of video games don't. You can hack down like hordes of of enemies in a Dynasty Warriors type game and feel nothing, <laughs> but here you you get one guy in just the right way, and it feels like so empowering. And I think that that's that's the you know the secret sauce for all of these games is that for every moment of uh, feeling like you've um, been disempowered what's what's a good word for that <laughs> well for every moment of, of uh, every time you died getting up to something then all of a sudden yeah. you're, you're shredding through enemies that took you that were huge hurdles in your initial playthroughs or an earlier in the game or what have you and it's <clears throat> these games really excel at giving you that sense of that sense of feeling without it just being numbers on a, on a screen uh-huh. so uh-huh. like at th- this point in the game like my health bar is longer i have more attack power and all that stuff but if i go into a mob and i'm not prepared I can literally die just as easily as I did at the start of the game. But because right. I have the skills to go into that mob now and know what I'm doing, <clears throat> I can, I can, I can get through it. And I feel like a fucking badass when I do it. Right. And there's all kinds of weird, like 
I was I was so happy. What I was, and I don't know why I was worried about this, but my concern about this game was always, oh, like what we have seen is is what we're gonna get. Like it's not gonna get real fucking weird or anything. And I, and I don't know why I thought that because this is like the beginning <laughs> starts out and it's like okay, yeah, like this is typical, like what I would expect. And then you get you dig just a little further into it, and then a little further into it, and then all of a sudden weird shit starts happening. I'm I'm extremely into all this, despite the fact that I think I've only beaten two real bosses. Um, and even saying that, I think I've only found two real bosses, which just goes to show how little of this game that I've actually played. Um, I think I've beaten ten mini bosses, um, based on the amount of prayer beads I've gotten. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like I've barely scratched the surface of this, um, and I think it's because I, uh, for one, I didn't play a lot on the weekend, and then I did struggle a lot when I played, and that made me worry. Because I struggled a lot when I started playing Bloodborne, and it took me... I mean, I ended up quitting, and I didn't come back for a couple months, and then I was able to get the hang of it. But um, without a shield in my hand, I feel like I'm, I, I don't know what I'm doing in these games. Um, so this, I, is, um, this has been like a... Can, can, mm-hmm. I, can I give you a, some, some advice that I, yeah. that I didn't realize at first? Um, holding Number one, it's the opposite of Dark Souls. So in Dark Souls, you would hold your shield up, and mm-hmm. people would hit it. And the and your stamina would go down based on the stability of the shield. But if you held your shield up when you were when you were moving around, your stamina would recover slowly. Um, here, you don't have any stamina. You have something called posture. And if you hold your if you hold block and move around, your posture drops quicker. Like your build up drops quicker, uh-huh. which is a good thing. So you'll recover posture quicker if you're like guarding all of the time. Yeah, because you're like. You're, you're holding your shit together. You're balanced. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're in your stance. Like, you're in your uh-huh. shinobi do- bullshit or whatever. Um, I was saved twice by using that, um, what, what are the samurai called? The Ashina or something? Like, I, I don't know what mm-hmm. the word is. Um, but this, the, the samurai, like, overhead chop that you do with L1 and R1, there's several different skills you can do. That, oh, yeah. But I had yeah, this yeah, overhead absolutely. chop, mm-hmm. and I was fighting one of the bosses, and I think I told you about this, where I had one heal left, and I had no health left, and I thought, if I heal, I might be okay. But if I heal, this boss also has enough power to still kill me pretty much in one hit if, if I do this wrong. So I was like, well, I'm better off just attacking. And I accidentally did the overhead chop. Um, and I have the, the second level of that skill as well. So there's the one attack forward and then the second strike right after that. Oh, yeah. And that yeah, second absolutely. strike restores your posture. Hell so I was yeah. suddenly like, I'm good again. And I just... I just went as hard as I could and then beat the boss, and it felt real, real good. There's one in there that's a, um, I don't remember which tree it's on, but it's basically like a flip. So you, you do a full flip and then come down with your uh, sword, um, which every time an enemy, like every time you see that kanji appear on the screen to show that they're going to do like an unblockable uh-huh. move, if you can time it right, and if you know this, if it's a sweep, then you could do that move and your dude will jump over the sweep and hit the, hit the enemy that's doing it, and you'll do the vitality and posture damage. And it feels fucking amazing <laughs> it feels so badass when you do it um the other thing that i think that a lot of people aren't picking up on is that the game really emphasizes that you want to deflect constantly like they want uh-huh. you and, and and ideally you're going to get good at that like anytime an enemy hits you you should be deflecting it which is tapping l1 when the at the right time and you should be learning those patterns and you should be able to do that because that builds up posture faster on your enemies and you can break like, their posture and then kill you them. keep texting me the clang 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 and i'm like yep exactly <laughs> exactly yeah like that's the game um uh, our buddy the lore hunter he said hit that where that came from is uh his daughter could, didn't know the name sakiro but he asked him to put on the clang clang game that's very <laughs> really funny because <laughs> my really co 
coworker also said something about it being like a clang clang thing, and I was like, oh, so that's just what everybody's saying about this. I want to uh, I want to hire Jake to do a clang clang. My baby shot me down remix. I think that'd oh my be a lot god, um, <laughs> he would love that. I bet. I bet. I bet he would. Yeah, Jake, if you're listening, sh- shout out. Um, but if you just hold L one. When you're facing a boss for the first time, because bosses are, I think, the, the hardest part of this of the process is like yeah, you just yeah. don't know uh, what you're doing. And so especially in the the kind of ultimate boss of Harada, who has a lot of like extremely fast attacks, you can just hold L1 like nothing bad is going to happen to you. You're just not building up posture on on that boss. Mm-hmm. You're just blocking, and if your posture breaks, you don't take damage. You just kind of like flail for a little bit. So like you open yourself. And in my experience, like it hasn't been that long. and I've been able to recover very quickly. So you can just I, like hold L one and like start like one two three four five and like start learning that timing. My biggest issue has been that I've been afraid of attacking things, where I'm like circling around, like I'm fighting this general with a big spear, and I'm circling around him trying to like stay out of his range, and I'm like, what am I doing? I should be fighting him. <laughs> You're a I'm shinobi. giving him. I'm giving him the advantage because he has a huge spear and I have a small sword. Like, what am I? What am I thinking? I have to get up and fight him. And as soon as that like clicked to my head, this was like last night, as soon as I clicked to my head, I was able to beat the, this guy who I had circled against. I'm oh, yeah. like, why was I so afraid to attack him? The same thing with the, uh, the, the boss on the horse, mm-hmm. where I really struggled against, and I felt so frustrated because I was like, this, is, this should be easy. I keep getting so close and losing, and then I realized I'm afraid to attack him, and I'm drawing this out and putting myself at risk when I don't need to, when I should be fighting him and not reacting to him. I need to, I need to be on top of him. And I was like, damn, this like... This game is making me like, reapproach my philosophy to games. Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and I think that's the the reason they got out there and were like, this is not in the vein of Dark Souls or Bloodborne or, or the stuff that we've done in the past. Like, we want you to be aggressive. We want you to be right. I mean, like the thing, it finally, I don't remember how far I was into the game. Um, it was one of the early bosses where I, I started, I, what I was doing was playing Dark Souls. I was like getting up and like taking a few swipes and then like backing out away, letting my non-existent stamina to recover. And I'm like, wait a minute. Right, I don't right. have, I could just be up in their grill all the time. Like I'm not going to get worn out because I'm a fucking shinobi. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I have infinite stamina apparently. So once you, once you figure that out, it's, it's like it, it, it the game really, really starts clicking. And then all the tools and stuff, like I'm already seeing some, <sighs> some weird interactions with the tools, man. It's so mm-hmm. good. <clears throat> we got to stop. Cause we got to record. Like I, I just want to go play it right now. <laughs> I know. When I I uh I finished probably the what I'm going to call like the second major plot boss um mm-hmm. and t- today and then you get to what I feel like is going to be the end game area and uh the cutscene is just like I, I, I jaw was dropped during this. There's been several mm-hmm. several times where like things happen in this game and I'm like what the fuck like out yeah. loud like it's crazy. I'm very excited to to get deeper into this. And, and I told a, you I was slowing it was immediately down. Immediately another boss after after that. I got to the new area. Yeah. I like walked out yeah. to a bridge, and it was like, oh hey, here's a boss. And I was like, oh god damn it, I got to go record. I don't have time for this. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I've been distracted because uh, Trails of Cold Steel re released on PS4. And yeah, tell me about this. I'm curious. It's such. I I talked about this probably like two years ago at this point now. Um, it is so. It's the first of what is now four games in a in a saga, the Trails of Cold Steel saga, one, two, three, four, whatever. But it's part of the the Legend of Heroes series, which I hadn't really heard of until I played this game a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like again a really boring name. Like it, Legend of Heroes is like a subset of like another game from like the eighties, and it's just it's spiraled out now. But mostly the ones that people pay attention to now is the the trails games which isn't just trails of cold steel but there's trails uh trails in the sky there's three of those games 
Then there's two non-localized ones. I think it's like Trails of Zero and Trails of Blue is what people call them. And then Trails of Cold Steel, which is the ones that just got re-released on PS4. Um, they were originally Vita games, and they look like Vita games. But as far as JRPGs goes, I think these are like the favorite, my favorite that I've played since I was probably a little kid playing like Final Fantasy for the first time. And I like it took me so long to put my finger on why, but um, there's just a lot of really good lore, Jeremy. There's just <laughs> it's just a good, you know. I I play a decent amount of JRPGs because that's what I grew up on, and that's what I tell myself I like. But a lot of times I find myself super burnt out on them because there's a lot of anime talking and uh-huh. a lot of. I mean, I I like anime, but yeah, uh-huh. there's a lot of that stuff. And when I'm playing yeah. a game, I kind of want to play the game. Uh, so. Trails of Cold Steel, when I first played it, it took me a really long time to beat it, like close to a year, um, which was kind of worked out for me because the game takes place over the course of a year. Um, and it kind of it just tracked well. I was like every once in a while, every like couple weeks, I'd pick it up and play a little bit. And, and that's because I was getting a little bit bored up until a certain point where then I just like couldn't put it down. And I was super interested in it because this game, again, I don't think it's for you, but somebody listening might be interested in it. This game is like you start off you're like you're you're joining a, a a new school and it's springtime and you're going to meet your classmates and it just seems like okay yeah this is like typical like high school anime stuff but it's you know it's a a military school and they are talking about all these um these countries and all these factions and all these things that have come before and the first time I played it I was like all right man I don't I don't fucking care like why are you telling me all this <laughs> like let me play the video <laughs> game what am I doing here um and then i i went back and i found out that there's these other games that you don't need to play because it's different characters um but they really fill out the world and once i went back and played those games i realized like wow there's they do a lot of world building that like, this is the kind of stuff that i ask for when i in other series like this is the kind of stuff i ask for like in supernatural or like oh i wish like kingdom hearts did this or in this final fantasy game i wish that i knew more about x y or z um but most of those games, it's like Final Fantasy, you know, seven and eight aren't related. They're just two different games. Um, and the the Tales of series, not to be confused with Trails of, the Tales of series, again, most of those are just like one-off titles. And so you can jump in at any point, play whatever game. Same with Persona, kind of. Um, you can just jump in and, and play whatever. But these games, they, even though Trails of Cold Steel is a new jumping off point for people, um, or jumping on point, I guess, not off, um, it's since it's part of something it's continuing a storyline and like a plot line of like the world and these wars that are happening and these factions that are rising up and all these like political figures that i realize i'm like oh they're they keep mentioning this this random politician who i am bored by when i hear about it now because why why would i care but now that i've played this other game i understand that 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 was a key figure in that game and uh there's just a lot of stuff like that but all that aside it's just a really good jrpg has a really great combat system has wonderful music um and the plot starts to like really like speed up after the first few chapters um because you're just you're getting involved in some shit and so people who like jrpgs i really want them to play it because i want them to keep localizing these games <laughs> is the uh i mean what's the actual gameplay is it just like kind of basic jrpg turn-based combat yeah and it's collecting combat. And, and upgrading all that stuff all that stuff yeah um the one thing that i've now found that i'm like really uh not frustrated by but i'm like bamboozled by is that um <laughs> when I start. I sorry. I was able to load in my save from PS3 to PS4 and the new version of it. it lets you carry over your stuff. Uh, so I was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah! I'm gonna start New Game Plus. I'm gonna start on Nightmare difficulty. I'm gonna have a great time. And so I start and I get to the first dungeon 
And I'm like, all right, I got my, my first party. Let's get rolling. Let me equip some items and stuff. And I'm like, oh, sick. I have all my equipment and like magic and stuff from my first playthrough, which means that I'm now level one and I have to try and figure out how to like fully equip everybody with like, it's like suddenly having an entire skill tree in Sekiro unlocked from like the second that you start the game. You're like, wait, what, what the fuck am I supposed to do? This is too much. I don't know how to handle this. So I'm trying to like now figure out again how to re-equip everything and, and deal with all that. But yeah, mm. the gameplay is is a lot of um. If, well, it's actually it's broken up into like three very like simple things. Is one is you start off, um, you usually spend like one or two days at the school or in like in the town near the school, um, hanging out with your buds and uh, doing like little side quests. And this is kind of like the persona aspect of the game because you have like social links and you can you know you can you can date some girls. Um, do that kind of thing. And then there's usually uh, a section where you explore this old schoolhouse and it's like a complicated weird dungeon and the further you get into it, things start getting stranger and stranger and the students are realizing like something something wacky's going on here. And then there's the field study section where uh you and the party go off to some other city, someplace else in the map and you're dealing with small scale or like large scale like conflicts that are that are happening around the world and like they're trying to give these students experience in, in dealing with um like real world conflict but then like a, an overarching plot is obviously like taking shape around this as like things are getting spookier and spookier and weirder and weirder um but it's just it has a really good vibe to it and it made me very happy to go back to it i felt like i was returning home it was a really interesting feeling to have for this game that looks like it was made a long time ago um but it's just yeah it's just it's good shit it sounds like the complete tonal and mechanical opposite of Sekiro at the same 100%, time. 100 percent yes <laughs> it's like just it would be like playing um like mario or um i don't even know like what is the tonal opposite of mario nowadays like assassin's creed maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> like playing like you're bouncing between mario 3 and assassin's creed 3 like that's what you're yeah, doing <laughs> yeah um yeah so it's been, it's been good to to settle down to um because Sekiro gets the blood pumping you know it does, man. I, I, it's very rare for. I'm not much of a, a hand sweater. Do you, do your hands sweat when you play video games? Not usually, but let me tell you, I've been getting some physical pains and some physical sweats playing this game. Same. Like, there's been times where I finished playing and like my hands kind of hurt, and I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. <laughs> I actually had one guy, and this is this is like a for real conversation. I think that somebody that's not about to host a supernatural podcast should have. But uh, I had one guy that don't don't give up skeleton Discord he's got repetitive stress syndrome and uh he was like i I literally can't like i've been trying this boss i can't do this i i just i just it's it's making my hands hurt like i i, I don't know that i'm gonna ever be able to play this which is kind of a bummer because he's a huge yeah, software fan and yeah and he literally like I, he was the person that i think was one of the most excited about this game and that's not the only reason that he traded in the game but he literally went and traded in the game and <laughs> was like i'm just gonna go wow. buy something else instead wow so, that's rough that sucks yeah you want to um, do a podcast? You want to talk do about a podcast? Yeah, we we've did, we just gave we gave our listeners a video game podcast. We talked about two video games. Yeah, we should we should just cut this and then release it as a Monster Weeks presents, and we'll have done the work. <laughs> yeah, we should, why don't we just have a video game podcast at this point? Just cut don't, the outtakes. Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm supposed to be on the video game one. podcast yeah. t- tomorrow as well. So, yeah, save it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, if anybody listens to Dark Insight between uh tomorrow, between the time of recording and when this episode comes out in like a week, uh, and has already heard me say all of the same stuff, I apologize. <laughs> um, let me get up our patrons. 
Do, 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 do. I don't remember the last person I named. Nor do I. Hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely tired. <laughs> you got that good energy going into it, huh? <laughs> I'm telling me about it, dude. Um, I didn't have much of a lunch. I put you to sleep yeah. with, my, uh, with my JRPG talk. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. Tell me more about the turn-based one. So you talk about Sekiro is different because I know that you're you're like, you get to have feedback and then when it's when it's on me to just talk about a thing, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> it's like Chomp Chain all over again. It's just like you yeah. talking about Tales, <laughs> Tales of Cold yeah. Steel. Yeah. <laughs> Chomp Chain. <laughs> Reliving all this. No. <laughs> Joe just literally playing his, his DS while you're talking. Yeah, everybody's just snoozing and I'm like, guys... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Dylan's practicing the drums. Like we don't know oh, why yeah. it's not being picked up on the mic. Um. Cool. Let's get let's get to it. Let's do it. <laughs> 